We are parents, we are doctors, we are first responders, teachers, and concerned citizens who have found ourselves at a crossroads. We see our freedoms being stripped away and we can no longer stay silent. We are millions strong, united in a thundering voice and imperative mission that cannot and will not be ignored. We are standing up for the basic human right to raise our own children, earn a living, and make our own medical decisions without the tyrannical overreach that has been forced upon us here in California, across the country, and around the world. We are here to amplify the voices, moving the needle, bringing forth truth, and provide education and resources with tangible tools and expert insights. We are The Unity Project, and this is our podcast. I am so thrilled today to be joined by Pastor Sam Gallucci. He is someone that um, I've gotten to know, and I am really blown away by your story, your passion, you. uh, the work that you're doing, the work that you've done. So I think let's just dive into this. Why don't you introduce yourself and let's just talk about kind of from the beginning where what right. has led you here today and the event that you're going to be putting on uh, December 9th and 10th, or is it just the 10th? 9th and 10th. Okay. Yes. All right, so tell us about yourself. Wow, well, I'm not sure where to begin exactly. I was born in New York, but raised here in California. Okay. In 1960, my parents moved us here to this incredible state mm -hmm. with the, the dream that right. we have, all Americans have, right, yeah. for a better life. And right. this, was, this was the gold country, gold rush country, right? Yeah. And, and uh, the land of opportunity. And so as a, a Italian immigrants, mm -hmm. uh, to New York, and uh -huh. then they had me. They they met, fell in love. They had me yep. and my uh, my sister, and then we moved here. Okay. Um, so I, I was raised in Torrance, California, and um, um, actually found my faith at San Diego State University. That's oh, when my faith became my own. Okay. When I made a personal decision for mm -hmm. uh, 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 for Christ, mm -hmm. and uh, started my career. Met my wife, got married, and started my career with IBM. Now this was in the days when Technology was not even a thing. It wasn't right. on anyone's radar. So this is before Microsoft, before... Is it okay if I ask what year? What year is it? Oh, yeah, 1981. Oh, 1981, oh, yeah. all right. Yeah, 1981. Okay. This was before Apple, before Microsoft, mm -hmm. yeah. before the Internet, mm -hmm. before any of those, uh, any of the technologies right. that we take for granted. And was so it, This was must have been before the word processor, right? Way before the word <laughs> processor. It was okay. the typewriter. It was the, it was yeah. the time of the typewriter okay. right. and mainframe computers that mm -hmm. very few had. And so the world was a very different time, yeah. very place. And, uh, and I was just uh, very fortunate to be on the ground floor of the birth of the software industry, truly the beginning of the tech industry. And it was once again the gold rush. Sure. And at 25 years old, I left IBM in search of uh, this incredible pioneering spirit, this creativity. And a, a small group of us wrote the first contact management system, 1984. No kidding. So yeah. you are you're responsible for the CRM. I'm one of the guys that is responsible <laughs> for CRM. Yeah, and uh, there was a you know, at the time people said we were beyond crazy. We right. were we were out of our minds. I, and, I have to share a quick yes, story. Yes. So um, I started my uh, my own corporation when I was very young. I was 19. Yes. And um, one of the first things that I did was I hired a guy who's probably living in his mom's basement at the time and paid him a couple thousand dollars to create in access right. a contact management system. So. There you go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it was the Wild West and uh, and it was an incredible mm -hmm. time. The pioneering spirit was alive mm -hmm. and well. And the last thing that we would that would come out of our mouth was as much as anybody knew on any topic. And it was this incredible yeah. time of innovation and growth. And yeah. so a major paradigm shift uh -huh. occurred. And, and so I was able to ride that wave, yeah. and we went to a great uh, Christian church, a Calvary church, yeah. and we raised our family, and we had a wonderful time. And, um, and, uh, and then um, uh, in the year 2000, uh, got so consumed with my work, almost cost me my marriage. Wow. And so basically I did a, a major transition mm -hmm. in strategy and life uh, just to save my family. Yeah. So 19 uh, and 2000, year 2000, yeah. I did that okay. at 40 years old. And, uh, and, uh, and then went on this journey of uh, philanthropy and, uh, and giving back. Mm -hmm. And so we were, you know, we were doing well at the time. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, I had, uh, I just come off running a major corporation mm -hmm. uh, in Silicon Valley. So we wow. lived up there. And so I was a Silicon Valley guy and, mm -hmm. uh, 
and really was on the forefront of all the major technologies. Yeah. The first major paradigm shift was the the uh, the introduction of software. The second one was the internet was the introduction of the internet, mm -hmm. and um, and all of the major paradigm shifts that came with that. And and so now uh, uh, through that entire journey, ended up becoming a pastor. Went back to school, became a pastor of oh a church. Goodness. I've been a pastor That's now a huge for transition. huge transition <laughs> for 15 Silicon years. Valley to to the pulpit to wow. the pulpit, right? And, uh, and uh, had the privilege of writing several books mm -hmm. and uh, started several nonprofits, one called the Kingdom Centers, where we, we rescue uh, uh, people in the verge of homelessness, a okay. creative model using the idea of timeshares to bring the faith community together. That's uh, such to a big issue right big now. Big issue, right? yeah. And it's such a complex issue. I mean, I know we're, today we're going to talk a lot about education. Yes. Um, but just quickly, what are your thoughts on, on what's happening? I mean, every, the problem is, I think, it's a very polarizing topic, right. right? You have some people that just are very black and white about it, others that um, don't really know what to do and are probably not responding right. in the appropriate way. But it is definitely a crisis that is afflicting, I think, in particular, California. Well, it, it, no question. It is, it is probably... Uh, one of the biggest humanitarian crises we have in this country when you add uh, the crisis at our border yeah. and the millions now that have come in illegally right. but are homeless, right. you add that to the homeless population, it is truly a humanitarian crisis like no it other. Is. And look, in the state of California, we've done a, we've, we've failed, we, we give ourselves an F. We've spent billions of dollars mm -hmm. over the last five years under Governor Newsom, mm -hmm. and the problem has increased by about 15 to 20 percent. Right. And, and, now, and now we have, what is it, a 25, $25 billion deficit? Right. And, and we have half of all the homeless are in this state. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and they didn't all come here because of the sunshine. No, they were created here sure. because of the, uh, the radical, you know, uh, uh, agenda. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I wrote a book called More Than Animals. I published it uh, on my journey of, of the companies that I started. I ran for governor in the recall election. And, uh, and part of the platform was to address the homeless yeah. population. And so there's a lot there mm -hmm. uh, based on the actual experiences of being in the deep end. Say, say the name of your book again? More Than Animals. It's okay. on Amazon. <clears throat> All right. Um, and, uh, and so we have, um, uh, we continue to work on that problem and that crisis needs uh, a radical different approach uh, uh, than doing what we're continuing to do. Mm -hmm. We got involved in the migrant crisis mm -hmm. and started to work with the migrants that are in our communities mm -hmm. and uh, started to uh, work to uh, come alongside them and care for their families mm -hmm. and educate them yeah. on our constitutional values. And they're, they're so interested in that. That's phenomenal. That's so, exactly what we need, right? I yes. Mean, you, you cannot have an influx right. of, of people coming across the border um, without some type of education system, framework, right. structure right. Uh, that, that integrates them into the understanding of the United States of America, right. which is a country, by the way, that I continue to say, and I firmly believe right. this, is still to this day one of the greatest nations. It's That's the right. most opportunity-giving nation um, that we will ever see in human history. And right. so, but it's a very fragile concept. And if we don't um, pass that that education and that framework on to the citizens, right, then we're going to lose this, right? That's right. And so which I think is a pretty good jumping off point into That's right. to education, right? Education, so. yes. And, and so all the things that I've done and had the privilege to do, you mm -hmm. know, for me, I believe in this American experiment. Yeah. I am a product of it. My parents are, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, my generation, I had uncles that mm -hmm. fought in World War II. My and grandfather was your a grandfather. Marine in Guadalcanal. There you go. Yeah. And mm -hmm. so the price of freedom, mm -hmm. you know, is uh, – is 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 very very high and all of those that went before us yes. and i think the thing that uh being a pastor for the last 15 years has taught me uh you know being professionally trained mm -hmm. uh, in in theology right. and uh and also uh being a student and a teacher of god's word mm -hmm. for the last mm -hmm. 15 years actually for the last 20 years uh -huh. um is that this grand experiment is, uh, is, 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 is built foundationally on our Judeo-Christian values. Right. 
And, and the thing that I like to say is that Christianity will survive without America, right. but America will not survive without Christianity. So I couldn't agree with you more, and this is where in the education system I think we see um, a little bit going off course where there's this narrative that's being taught that there's such a stringent uh, separation of, of church and state, right. right, which is, seems to be the, the consistent narrative that uh, we are moving away from teaching and understanding that this country was actually built on Judeo-Christian values. That's right. And I had a young lady ask me a very, I think, interesting and poignant question. Um, this, this young lady is 17 years old, and right. she said, do you think, given the fact that um, we as a nation are moving away from churches, right, a, a, away from the faith-based um, organizations and beliefs, does ethics come from and morality come from religion or does it come from rules? So this is a foundational thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, everybody has faith in something. Mm -hmm. The question is where you place your faith. Mm -hmm. and, and, uh, and, and Christianity is uh is a worldview it's a biblical yeah. worldview and it's based on the bible it's based mm -hmm. on our belief mm -hmm. this is a miraculous supernatural book mm -hmm. that right. god gave us right. and it is the final authority for all matters of faith and life mm -hmm. and uh and this grand experiment called america was based on that right. book and all ethics um were birthed right. in this nation from that book so it's it's it, it's, it's, it's not even, you know, when, when you say religion, mm -hmm. people uh, define religion a lot of different ways. Sure. But what I would say, the better way to say is it, does it come from the world or is there some mm -hmm. God-given uh, 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 foundation mm -hmm. for all ethics? And sure. I would say yes there, are, yes, there is. And in this nation's, it's a biblical foundation, right. which is being uh, aggressively attacked. The very foundations, right. the soul of our nation is being attacked. Why? Because the foundation is under attack. And we have lost our way to understand that, that there, truly, there truly is a decision we need to make. Is there absolute truth? Is there a, fu a fundamental genesis to what we believe? Or is it anything goes, whatever you want to go, you know, kind of a thing? Well, I was talking to, um, I believe it was one of our other board members, and he cited this really interesting historical right. um, reference which was and, and you can correct me if I'm wrong you'll probably know better than right. I would but that Thomas Jefferson um, was not necessarily um, a deeply deeply devout religious person and he was known for carrying around a book and he would like take excerpts from the Bible and it ultimately became the lessons of Jesus of Nazareth, Nazareth and, I'm, and I'm paraphrasing because right. I'm sure it, it's not actually titled that but the point being that that here's this this founder incredible founder of the the greatest nation on earth that has ever existed right. and in his and what he was trying to, to um, allude to was that you don't necessarily even have to be someone that is um, engaging in formal religion uh, whether it's you know Muslim right. Christianity Judea you know Judaism even even the Buddhist religion you know it, right. there are lessons that are derived from the Judeo-Christian values that are so incredibly important, and that's what the country was founded on. It absolutely was, and and one of the one of the biggest things that has happened mm -hmm. is there is this aggressive move mm -hmm. <clears throat> to break apart this nation. Mm -hmm. What holds this nation together mm -hmm. is our is our biblical core values. Right. It is the it is the great miracle. There's only been two times in history when the people have become the the people are the sovereign. Right. And, uh, and it was when Israel became a nation. Mm -hmm. God gave Moses mm -hmm. uh, a governmental structure that never existed before. Mm -hmm. And that governmental structure was, uh, was a structure that the people governed themselves and God mm -hmm. was their king. Right. Before that time, it, there was no such thing that existed. And then all through the Old Testament, when you look at the book of Judges, um, uh, uh, it was a, a constant course correction back mm -hmm. to these principles. Right. And uh, when uh, the people forgot mm -hmm. their core values, they, right. they forgot the genesis right. of their nation, and they allowed influences mm -hmm. from other, other philosophies mm -hmm. to enter in. Mm -hmm. and, um, and then ultimately, 
in, in uh, 2 Samuel, or actually in 1 Samuel chapter 8, yeah. the people said, we want to be like every other nation. We want right. a king. Yeah. What they were saying, they were rejecting that form of government right. that God had created. Yeah. So now you fast forward mm -hmm. to uh, the 1600s and a group of pilgrims that come over. And, of course, we're going to be, uh, uh, you know, uh, celebrating Thanksgiving. Right. But we need to understand as we celebrate Thanksgiving, what they brought was a form of government back. They right. came to this nation, mm -hmm. and, uh, and it was a group of devout Christians, God followers, mm -hmm that were under a king, uh, a, ty a, a, a tyrant, right. and, uh, and they left and they ultimately came here. Mm -hmm. And here they are in our nation, and they said, well, how do we govern ourselves? Mm -hmm. And a pastor got out the Bible and said, why don't we try this again? Yeah. And this good. is how our nation was founded, and it was founded on that form of government back in Deuteronomy that was mm -hmm. described in detail, laws that govern society, mm -hmm. a self-rule uh, mm -hmm. that created this freedom right. that is core to the foundation of our faith that we were created incredibly amazingly uh, for a purpose mm -hmm. and to be free and so um, these um, this is the battle we're under for the very soul of our nation and the battle right. has come against our children like we've never seen we all right. got caught flat-footed yes. and now we're panicking yeah. because uh, they have so infiltrated mm -hmm. this aggressive stand to destroy everything that is, is so sacred to us. I, um, I couldn't agree more. You know, my, my dad always says you've got to have a balance. You have to, you know, you have to be balanced mentally, physically, right. and spiritually. Right. And if you look at those, those elements and we contrast that against what's happening in acad the academic environment and traditional public school settings right. across the country, mentally kids are being torn down. Physically, they're being torn down because we're, 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 we're right. not nourishing them properly. We're, we're forcing right. them to go through vaccine mandates that now have... Horrible. We have tremendous data and science right. behind how, how yeah. awful these are. Um, and then on top of it, we are taking away their ability to even have a desire to access spirituality. Right. And, 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 I, and I say spirituality very intentionally because um, to me, it's... Obviously, the country was, was born on the Judeo-Christian values, but I think that that is a huge spectrum. That's right. And no matter where you fall on that spectrum, it is incredibly important to have um, right. an emphasis on spirituality as well as the mental and the physical. And um, we have we have torn down these kids. You know, I always use the the reference that you know, over the last two and a half years, three years now, right. what we did with locking down kids across right. this country was akin to what happened in the Vietnam War. Right. In the Vietnam War, we took POWs, put them in a box, right, and socially isolated them and kept them locked up, and that broke the human spirit. And that was a very effective tool. We literally just did what was done to POWs Well, Laura, and I would take it even further, mm -hmm. is we are trafficking our these mm -hmm. kids emotionally. Yes. So here's the thing. The, 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 the beauty of America is these Judeo-Christian core values gave a lot of space for the mm -hmm. free exercise of religion. Right. And so all of the different faiths mm -hmm. were allowed to flourish in our nation right. as a part of those core values. That's right. But here's what happened is a small group of people mm -hmm. um, that had a very different worldview mm -hmm. decided, you know, the emphasis for children uh, is no longer uh, academic. Mm -hmm. um, our emphasis <laughs> is going to be to create a, uh, a, a group of people that believe mm -hmm. in a radical agenda separate from their parents. Right. And so the state has created a religion of their own. That's right. It's called secular humanism. That's right. it, uh, it opposes the family. Mm -hmm. It opposes all other forms of religion. It's a form of godlessness. Mm -hmm. So you take the Christian faith, the Buddhist faith, the Muslim faith, the Hindu faith. Uh, they, they all have in common a deity, mm -hmm. a god above, mm -hmm. right? And, uh, and then they, they completely strip it, devoid it of all that we hold so sacred. Right. And, the and the schools have become the state churches. That's right. And they have completely stripped away this. And what they're really after is the entire fabric of the family. Right. We are in the, the most bloody war mm -hmm. since the War of Independence. Right. The war that we are in right now as a nation is a war that should unite us mm -hmm. across all of our differences and what we have in common. 
which is the, the structure and fabric of our families themselves. It's a war against the families. Right. And, it, and these kids are being indoctrinated, not just into mandates, which are horrendous. Yeah. They're evil, as you say. But, he, but as evil as that is, what's, what's even more cruel is they're being trafficked into an ideology against the will of the parents, That's right, against yeah. the will of Americans. And their goal is to traffic them emotionally so they can traffic them physically. That's right. Well, That's what's happening. Th think about it, you know, 20 years, when I was a child, right. which is a lot longer than 20 years ago, but 20 years ago, let's say, as recent as that time, as recent as even a decade ago, if a child went to school and their teacher looked them in the face and said, right. don't, you know, little Johnny, little yeah, Sally, right. don't, don't tell your parents, okay? Yeah. We're gonna, we'll, we'll, we'll help you solve this problem. Just right. don't tell your parents. Right. That would have been, there would have been so much public outcry. That's right. That would have been so um, out, outlandish that, yes. you know, I'm almost struggling to articulate it because it yeah. seems so crazy, the thought right. of it. That is now happening every day. You send your kids That's right, to exactly. preschool, and your pre your preschoolers right. are being indoctrinated with the concept yeah. that they are now closer right. with their teacher, with their principal, with right. the institution of, of academia than their parents. There's no question. There's no question, mm -hmm. Laura. And this is the battle that we must face. I ran for governor, mm -hmm. and uh, and it was a crazy thing. But I I, I had a, the business capacity to to. to to run something that large. Mm -hmm. And then I had the humanitarian experience to actually doing the work. Right. Uh, and, uh, and as I ran for governor, this is the thing that was the most appalling thing I'd ever imagined. Right. And, I, and I believe that we in this nation, God put us on this earth for this battle. Mm -hmm. We are the patriots. Yeah. We, are, we, are, we are the ones that are fighting the war of independence Absolutely. all over again. And this yeah. is the war for the very soul of the nation. This is the war for the very soul of the family. Right. This is the war, uh, that the war that is greater than every war. This is the world war. Uh, uh, it's not the World War III because that's a physical war, and God yeah. forbid if that happens. Right. This is the world war of the soul, right. of, of who we are and, and what we are. And you and I and everyone here is called into this battle because the kids are being uh, are being taught mm -hmm. not how to think but what to think. Right. And and they're being separated mm -hmm. systematically. Yes. And we are out of time. So so we I need to do something we're, we're radical. Totally, we're totally we're 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 almost if not two certainly one and a half generations if not two generations deep in this. That's right. And I wrote a Substack on this and I also kicked right. off a speech at uh, Freedom Fest talking about the fact that. We are exactly what you're saying. We are at war. <coughs> Excuse me. We are at war, and we are not. You know, people think of war as like these grand displays of mortal combat. You know, percussions right. of bombs yeah. being yeah. felt in the traditional sense. But we are we are actually at war. It's just a different battlefield. The That's battlefield right. is parental rights. The That's battlefield right. are is is, ac is academia, and um and and we are losing. That's because, right. Because you know, I'm sure you've read the book Sun Tzu: The Art of War. Oh, but yes. At least you have to know who your enemy is. You need you need to know who your enemy is. <laughs> right? And let me tell you, from my perspective, uh, who the enemy is. Um, there has been this aggressive work to separate the idea of truth and love. Mm -hmm. That love has nothing to do with truth, mm -hmm. and frankly, truth uh, is optional when it comes mm -hmm. to love. Right. And uh, and so mm -hmm. the the war that we're in right now is a war of completely redefining mm -hmm. what truth is. Right. And that, frankly, truth doesn't exist at all. That's right. And, uh, and we, we, are, we are, good is now considered evil, mm -hmm. right? Right is considered wrong. Mm -hmm. We know there is a tremendous amount of fake news out there. Right. We know that there's tremendous amount of censorship. Mm -hmm. So here, I believe, is right where the battle exists. Mm -hmm. Here is what I believe is uh, what is necessary. When we, uh, this, this uh, small amount of people mm -hmm. have, are very intentionally creating this battle to divide mm -hmm. us more and more and more. Right. And they're trying to get us to take the bait every day. You see that constantly. Oh, absolutely. 
And how do we how do we bring back the truth that we know in our heart mm -hmm. that you know? And I'm talking about this deep rooted truth that you know that you know that there's good from evil, mm -hmm. right? Um, there's right from wrong. And uh, how do you bring it back? Well, um, it's all about the family. Mm -hmm. It's all about bringing back what we have in common. It's to unify us right. into the common battle. When we are about rescuing the children, mm -hmm. when we take this seriously, we break past all the things that divide us. Right. We break back the barriers of belief systems. Mm -hmm. We break past the barriers of philosophies mm -hmm. to the core that unites us, and that's mm -hmm. the family unit. That's right. And when we start to rescue our kids, right. truth becomes truth again. Right. Love becomes true love again. Absolutely. And once we unite, we'll be unstoppable. I think this is what's necessary. I think the battle over the children is the single biggest thing that will unite us to, to take back our state of California, which most people say is impossible, mm -hmm. and, it's to, and to take back our country. Mm -hmm. Because every parent, no matter where they are in the spectrum of belief, have a fundamental uh, belief that the children belong to them, and they have the honor of teaching them in the traditions of the family. Well, let's, let's explore that for just a second because I, I couldn't agree with you more. I firmly believe that, I mean, we could, you and I could probably sit and this could be a 16 hour um, podcast right. and we could still not cover all the issues facing yes. this country. But the number one issue is the breakdown of the family. That's it's right. the war on the family, the and, how, the family. and how are they doing that? They're doing That's it through right. the education system. Exactly. Right. And so, so you said something that was really interesting just now. You said you're talking about parental rights and someone asked me, well, what does that mean? Parental rights, to me, is a God-given right. Is exactly. A, it is a natural right. That's it right. It is not um, a right that is instilled upon you based on you know constitutional freedoms. This is an actual natural right. That's right. And people are forgetting that. And so, you know, they have done such an effective job so quietly for so long in the classrooms that um, I think we're now at a point where it's it's almost transparent right, right. i mean we're talking about right. things like um you know telling kids that they can go in and, and transition from a boy to a girl, to a girl and right. not, tell their parents, not tell their parents and they're they and can they're, get an abortion not tell their parents right. they can get a vaccine not tell their parents we're telling them that if they are that they are a white child that right. they are the oppressor and if the they're oppressor, a, right. they're, they're privileged a, a a children of a child of another ethnicity yeah. that they are victims they're victims right and um and and now we're seeing things uh i i, I Gosh, I, I wish I remember what the article was. I read an article, um, and there was there was someone in, in the teaching institution that basically openly said, pretty much, and I'm paraphrasing, "Who do these parents think they are? Of course, we know better for for the kids right. than, than they do." Can you just imagine? Yeah, and I think I think the issue that is, I think every parent would be in violent agreement that the 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 the, the kids belong to them. Mm -hmm. And they have this, this God-given privilege mm -hmm. to raise them. That's right. Raise them in the culture and the identity right. and the traditions of their forefathers. That's right. And, uh, and I think the, uh, what, is, what, what is catching them by surprise mm -hmm. is how these rights are being stripped. But it is also what will unify us mm -hmm. and is why, uh, for me, I cannot sit on the on the sidelines. I cannot let this happen to my grandkids, and I and I believe that the, that parents are starting to wake up, mm -hmm. and they're starting to see that. Wait a second. I I I was I was uh, I was fine with somebody that is struggling with trans transgender if they had to you know if they needed help. I was fine with uh, with people that you know maybe had the right to choose. I was fine with someone saying they were gay. Mm -hmm. I was fine with. You know, you know, they were fine, but they just were gracious people, yeah. right? People, people that were fine with all those things. <laughs> but then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, wait, now you're pushing this on my kid? Well, and, they, and, and, and they've been completely duped. Right, and now you're, I don't know, at five years old, you want to right? um, introduce sexual content. Sexual to content, child. yeah. And, and, and let me be clear, because I've said this before on this podcast. Yeah. Introducing sexual content to a child under... You know, uh, I'm going to say 18. I think that there's probably even even room to to argue that you could bump that age up. Right. 
there is no way to slice it other than to say that is pedophilia. That is sexual that is abuse. 100%. And that is right. damaging to a human being. And let me say even this, that parents that are um, thinking that folks like us are uh, exaggerating or overemphasizing, it's really not that bad. It, they don't understand the principle of cancer. So if if somebody had cancer in their body and you know and it was a stage one and mm-hmm. oh, uh, they found a little cancer but good news is if I if I take care of it right now I can eradicate it from my body, um, but if they don't, mm-hmm. it will grow throughout it the body. Metastasizes. That's right. That's right. And this is this ideology. It is metastasized. This ideology right. has been in our school system. Right. We haven't realized it. It is metastasized and it is now just about in every school district. Right you'll find it and it is the it is the worst kind of cancer Mm -hmm. because it will totally destroy the very thing that parents love most which is their children it will just it it strips them of their innocence it it, you know there's been studies that have shown that you take a child that's five six seven years old introduce them to show them show them sexually graphic content that actually changes their brain chemistry that's right and this is irreparable damage. It is irreparable damage. And, and this, 100%. Is, this is not something you can go back right. and undo. Right. And it's happening. I'll, I'll share um, in my child's school, my child brought home, um, I think it was last year or the year before, it was an AP literature class. Yes. A book that had sexual depiction, like graphic depictions of yeah. bestiality. It was a human no having intercourse with an animal. And it was so graphic. Right. And, you know, my child said, oh, my gosh, mom. And fortunately, you know, I, you know, I've raised my family to be very transparent. We talk about this. Right. You can imagine the um, the fury that was raining down on that school. And it was but but, you know, you hear a lot about this. And here's what I would encourage parents to do. If you think this is not happening in your child's school, go down to your child's library just go down to the library and take a look at the books yeah. that are in the library. And so, yeah, and then do this. This is what I tell mm-hmm. parents. You need to do this because yeah. as a pastor, I'm seeing this. Go to your local pres- uh, principal of that mm-hmm. school, yeah. and I want to challenge every single parent to do this. Ask the principal, if there is a young boy mm-hmm. in the school where my little girl's going to that declares that he's transitioning mm-hmm. to become a girl, mm-hmm. Number one, will you allow him to do that in this school publicly? Mm-hmm. Number two, will you allow him to use whatever restroom he right. chooses to use? Ask that question directly. That's right. And you will find, mm-hmm. you will be surprised that the answer is, I don't have a choice. Right. So two examples, two quick examples. One, uh, a member of our congregation had a young girl, uh, daughter, who was in, uh, she's in the fifth grade. and. Mm-hmm. When we started down, my concern about the transgender, they're going, Pastor, it's, it's, it, we, we're in a really good school district. Right. It's not happening in our school. Right. I think you're exaggerating right. a little too much. I think you might want to back off a little on this. Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden, their daughter comes home, and she's in tears. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, she, is, uh, she comes home, and what's wrong, dear? Mm-hmm. There was an eighth grader. So she's in, ju- so she's in junior high. She was a sixth grader, sixth, yeah. seventh, eighth. Yeah an eighth grade boy in the, the woman's restroom sure. and uh and 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 he was he was uh very aroused and she could see that and it freaked freaked her out and so sure. here this little girl is traumatized mm-hmm. so this parent call goes to the principal and says mm-hmm. what are you doing why are you allowing this we don't have a choice well how do you protect my daughter mm-hmm. well we don't have the staff to have uh someone in the woman's restroom whenever he uh, this transgender person, yeah. this person who identifies as transgender goes in. I, and so he said, well, what if there's a problem? Well, well, we'll address it then. And when the damage is done. When the damage is already done. Right. So that's number one. Number two, mm-hmm. here you have uh, a 16-year-old boy yeah. who has a, a, a group of friends mm-hmm. and comes home one day and says, Mom and Dad, um, little Susie uh, is now uh, transitioning. Mm-hmm. And he wants to be called James. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah. I am expecting you to, uh, to call him James. Mm-hmm. That's right. And so now you have this, this, this young girl yeah. who is young and is confused about their gender. God bless her. She needs help. I mean, sure. there's no question. 
influencing this young boy. The, the, the influence was already done. This, this boy believed that the truth is that someone can be born in the wrong body and that the truth is that little Jane should transition and we should support her mm -hmm. while she gets hormone replacement therapy, mm -hmm. testosterone treatments, and ultimately gets her breasts yeah. removed, right? And so these are, these are so traumatic. I, you know, mm -hmm. Cleo Cole, you probably heard her story, is uh, 19 years old and is suing. Mm -hmm. And she's so angry um, um, because at 13, she was confused because of what she heard in the school. Right, because, because children right. are being, they're actually being directed to right. do this. There's This is an epidemic. This, this is, is an epidemic. This is not um, something that, you know, all of they're a sudden. They're being manipulated, right. directed, right. That's right. <laughs> it's not that they were struggling from birth. Right. It's that in the age of innocence mm -hmm. and exploration, they're being exploited. It's being glamorized. And it's being glamorized. And, and you and know. And to the most influential demographic. Right. 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 I mean, you can't go to uh, to a, an old folks home no. and say, "Hey, guys, like it's a pretty exciting thing if anyone yeah. wants to transition." At, you know, they're in their you know eighties, seventies, eighties, and nineties. Yeah. They, they're probably going to say, I, "I I don't buy into this." Right. But when you're you know five to 18, eighteen, you want to talk about the most impressionable That's time right. in the human development cycle, where <laughs> the most evil thing that can happen to them far more than anything else we've ever seen before the total mutilation of their body yeah. the sterilization of them and and, and, and statistically over 85 percent mm -hmm. that uh, step into it and that is increased by over 400 yep. percent change their mind at 18 yeah. but look at the damage and now we have laws on the books mm -hmm. that protect it oh california is now a sanctuary state that's right, right. so <clears throat> I really believe that uh, when I ran for governor, I really felt, oh, we can fix the public school system. Mm -hmm. We we can get on the school boards. We can, you know, but I, I am now convinced where we are in our state, mm -hmm. we need to dismantle it. We need to defund it. We need to, uh, uh, we need to get past it mm -hmm. and start over. How do you think we should do that? So how I think we should do that is, uh, is what I'm devoting, you know, the rest of my life to is, uh, is to, uh, uh, immediately exit the public school. We need to educate and empower and equip parents yeah. to immediately exit the public school, their kids immediately. Uh, a mass exodus of, from public school is That's a, is that's a big ask. So, so let's get granular. Let's talk about yeah. how, how that happens because that's a big ask. Um, and I think clearly, look, if you could have tomorrow right. 50% of schools school age students in the public school system here in, in California or the United States of America removed removed that would be the total destruction of the teachers union which I believe by the way is one of the most corrupt nefarious, most nefarious, corrupt. Correct. Yeah, so I want to talk to all Californians for a second you want to save your kids you need to exit the public school so here's what's happened I have seen a revival in education mm -hmm. that that has begun mm -hmm. all this innovation all these innovative strategies and ways to exit public school. Mm -hmm. What I have done is I've looked at all of them and with my entrepreneurship, mm -hmm. I've filled in the gaps and the margins to eliminate okay. the barriers to exit. Um, I, I'm gonna do a conference on December 10th. Yes. Reviveconvention.com, you must attend. Yes, and you we're, will learn. we're gonna link the we're, information. Good. So we'll put it on our website. We're going to put it in in the podcast, we, you know, so people can get this information because it's fascinating. It's, we it's, had a conversation. And I, we did. Yeah, we need to do this. Yes. And so I, I, you'll come to this conference. You need to hear this. There are three ways you can exit the public schools immediately with your kids. Um, the, the number one way mm -hmm. is homeschooling. It, it has the strongest legal protections, bar none, right. to protect your kids from all of the indoctrination uh, in terms of settled case law. And let me add, and yes. I, I'm sorry to cut you off, right. but this is a thought that's it's really important because, you know, Unity Project, as you know, because you're on yes. our Strategic Advisory Council, yes. um, was born out of the fight against the K-12 through vaccine mandate. So we that's were very right. myopic. Now we've grown right. to really the umbrella of parental parental rights and medical freedoms. Yeah. But homeschool is the only environment in the state of California, should they choose to, to push forward and mandate and start to execute on that mandate of children being vaccinated for the COVID-19 vaccine, homeschool would be the only environment that children 
would be allowed to be educated in without uh, being subjected to that mandate. Even 100%. private schools. One hundred percent. And you've just and, and that's exactly it. Yeah. Homeschooling is number one. Mm -hmm. Number two are all the various uh, co-ops and there's various mm -hmm. different ways in which groups come together mm -hmm. to do some homeschooling. Right. And number three are adding more private schools. But even in the private school world, you've nailed it. Yeah. Uh, that there is a uh, there's a lot of risk with these mandates mm -hmm. that uh, the private schools will yeah. will have to comply. And yeah. part of it is is half of them have already have, so they've set some in really terrible case law. We've had a lot of compliance, which has been surprising to me. Surprisingly, in, in the faith based um, and, and it's schools. it's been tragic. It mm -hmm. is it's exactly right. Yeah. So what I did is I'm bringing together all of the various models, all the creativity, uh, educational revivalists mm -hmm. together from all over the country. Okay and in one place in Oxnard, California mm -hmm. on December 10th. And you will hear all the strategies. You'll be equipped and you'll be uh, equipped, encouraged and empowered to take action. But the second thing I have did, which I'm even more excited about, is I've started a new company called Revive Academies. And what I've done is I've eliminated the barriers okay. from parents exiting yeah. public school into homeschooling. Homeschooling for full-time working moms. Mm -hmm. uh, and, I, and, and, and here's what I've done is um, you have this increased demand. Mm -hmm. I, an, I anticipate together with our work at the Unity Project and others, there's about 100,000 moms today ready to exit right now. Yeah. No place to take their kids. Yeah. They work full time. Right. And so they don't consider homeschooling as a good option because they literally work full time right. for all the right reasons, yeah. including just being able to feed their family sure. in a state like ours. Uh, that's right. Um, but they're ready to they're ready to exit. Mm -hmm. They're willing to do whatever to get into private school, but there's no room in the end. Sure. They're they're completely impacted. And there's, and they're you know look we it's also um, a, a barrier to entry on that one is, is right. cost. It's times, cost right. I mean, pay, it cost is a huge barrier to entry. Right. The second thing is we don't have enough supply. Mm -hmm. So we have this demand, but we don't have the supply right. of the right kind of teachers for right. homeschooling full time mm -hmm. working moms. Yeah. We'll call them tutors. Yep. And then the third thing is we don't have. Uh, Enough, enough supply of locations mm -hmm. that are safe that these parents that work full-time can drop their kids off. Yeah. I've eliminated all those barriers with Revive Academies. I've created a platform, and I have it in Pilot now, where mm -hmm. every full-time working mom, they sign up for Revive Academy, mm -hmm. and, they, and they learn mm -hmm. how to become a, their own private school, how to fill out their own affidavit, all the legal okay. protections, how they do that. Well, they do that on our technology platform. They profile their need, where they mm -hmm. are, how many kids they have. Uh -huh. Then what I've created is a platform to recruit tutors. These are, full, these are uh, experienced homeschool moms that I'm okay. creating into an mm -hmm. army of tutors. Great. Moms that already homeschool up and down our state. Mm -hmm. They're experienced at it. I'm going to create a new economy using kind of the, a little bit of the model of Uber and Lyft where mm -hmm. they become independent their own independent company. Wow. And while they're educating their little Johnny or Susie, mm -hmm. I'm gonna give them an opportunity to say, well, I'm educating them. I'm gonna learn how to be a certified tutor, right. a, a Revive Academy certified tutor, and I'll take five or 10 more kids. So, so the tutors will go through a certification process? A certification on our platform. Okay, excellent. And, uh, mm -hmm. and they'll be vetted. Uh, okay. And so no toxic content, Right. our core values, our core mm -hmm. Judeo-Christian values, educational Back, values, background checks, background sure checks all that stuff. Yep. Okay. But there'll be experienced homeschool moms using uh, the finest curriculum. And, and that's a best practice. There's 50 years of incredible curriculum out there. Are, are you aggregating the best curriculum? Yes, or are we're, you curating? We're, cur we're curating, we're mm -hmm. aggregating and curating the okay. best curriculum, uh, best based on the most successful, mm -hmm. the most widely used, because okay. it, it's a matter of opinion, this yeah. is better than that, but the most widely used curriculum okay. that has the most success uh, we're curating about 80% of it and 20% we're, we're creating okay. for the home for the full-time working mom. Okay. And then and then uh, and so we're building an army of tutors. Mm -hmm. The third thing is we're eliminating the barrier for churches to open their doors. Okay. This is the big mm -hmm. thing. There's a lot of work being done to try to get churches to start schools. Mm -hmm. Well, that's great work, but you will not get more than 5% of the churches period full stop. Really? To literally take the risk, the financial risk, the mm -hmm. legal risk, the conditional use permitting risk mm -hmm. to start a school. The ones that do, God bless them. I'm going after the 95%. I'm going okay. after the thousands of churches that are sitting there in every local city. Mm -hmm. How are you doing that? And the, and the way I'm doing that is simply distributing, distributing the load. And mm -hmm. all I'm asking of them 
is to make homeschooling a ministry of your church okay. and to open up one classroom to a bot to what the equivalent size of a Bible study is mm -hmm. where they just use where a tutor uses your classroom to do their work completely independent from the church and so now all I'm asking of the church is general liability so they're not starting a, a, a school they're not funding a school right. they're letting the equivalent of the size of a bible study which they do throughout the week use their church building that's interesting because um and i think that's appealing because you may run into if it's if it's right. solely in churches um you may run into the idea of you have a student that maybe isn't um as uh, practicing form religion or maybe they are a muslim or maybe they right. are a buddhist um uh, but but they're the way that you're setting it up it sounds like it doesn't matter will be uh, completely autonomous completely uh, autonomous yeah. and okay. here's the beauty of it and this is why this is so important mm -hmm. it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when they come after us in homeschooling we already know that That's i'm going to do my level best to make it so legally difficult for them mm -hmm. the first amendment rights of churches right. they have to go through the church mm -hmm. the first first amendment rights of parents mm -hmm and then all of the settled case law in homeschooling. Yeah. So now the parents go on our platform, they become the school. Mm -hmm. So now instead of going after a thousand private schools, you're going after a hundred thousand yeah. private schools, homeschoolers. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Good luck with that. Yeah. The parent then goes on our platform and says, I'm looking for a tutor. The tutor says, oh wow, I see that there are five parents mm -hmm. and, uh, and, there, and of those there's three fifth graders and two fourth graders and a third grader. I've learned how I can bring them together. And so they present themselves to the parents. The mm -hmm. parents hire the tutors directly. Yeah. We're not involved. The free market is working. And then on our platform, that tutor goes, oh, I see that a First Baptist Church on the corner, one block away, mm -hmm. is, is allowing their classroom to be, uh, to be open great. for me to take this little group in. Mm -hmm. And so what I'm looking at is, is to rescue a million kids, open 10,000 churches. What's and why can't frame? we do that? What's the time? And frame? I believe we can do this very quickly. I believe we can rescue a um, uh, hundred thousand kids a year. I think we can open a thousand churches a year with this model. Uh, well, look, I, I really believe they, this. They sound like. I mean, that sounds very attainable. I'm considering. I think um, I'm looking at, at my producer Lynn. I think that the population in the United States of under 18 is something like 70 million. Right. So if you're looking to get, if your goal is a million, a million I think that's kids. pretty doable. It sounds you know pretty doable. And, and, I, and, and, I, and I wanna say this, I wanna rescue a million in the state of California. Mm -hmm. We have six million in the public school system. Yeah. I think we start, we start this uh, fire, it'll become a forest fire. Yeah. If you let the free market right. work, and if, you, right. and if you let the people decide Right. That is our that is our strength. When we come together in unity, we'll be unstoppable well, in I, our country. I like what you're saying, what you've described, because there's some elements. You and I are both former right. business people in yes. the corporate environment. Yes. Um, there's some elements that, that have to be present in order yes. for, for these models to work. And, right. and probably the number one thing has to be ease of use. Ease of use, right? right. I mean, if you set up something that's so complex and cumbersome, right. it can be the greatest uh, adventure ever. However, you're probably not going to get a lot of adoption rate. Right. Right. And so... Um, ease of use is what I'm hearing, which is great. Yeah. Um, this is exciting. So here yeah. are these parents. They work full time. They can walk into a proven model, which is homeschooling, all day, every day mm -hmm. for 50 years. It's an incredible model. Yeah. Uh, we're not reinventing the wheel. We're just showing them a path mm -hmm. to the most protected form of education in the state of California and around mm -hmm. the country. Right. You will not have to worry about vaccines mm -hmm. for your kids or any of that. That's right. And, and by the way, these parents uh, are sensitive to all that yeah. now, right? Um, sure. And so, wow. So I, I, I learn how to fill out the affidavit. I, I, I basically sign up for this curriculum. Mm -hmm. They're teaching me how to work full time and homeschool my kids yeah. and, uh, and how I can be involved with some of the curriculum right. directly. But uh, now I'm the school. I hire the tutor. Right. I go on the platform. Oh, look at this tutor. Right. Wow, this tutor can tutor my kid at a school. I can drop right. at a church which is a safe place, right. which is three blocks away, a, yeah. a mile away. Right. And I drop them off every day at the designated time for the, what, right. what I've hired the tutor. Now, now, the best part of all this is the cost mm -hmm. because you now, as a parent, decide how many days a week, mm -hmm. how many hours a day you want to contract a tutor. Wow. 
And depending on what your flexibility is, mm -hmm. you opt in to the price point that makes sense for you. And that's the beauty of it. It can be, you know, uh, we're well, going to let's give us an example. So an example yeah. is mm -hmm. uh, is if a parent chooses this model mm -hmm. and uh, it's twenty five dollars a day to hire that tutor for one parent. Wow. So I can now decide, OK, with my schedule, Revive Academies is showing me how to do this when I'm working from home. Right. So, hey, um, two days a week, three days a week, I'm going to work from home. Mm -hmm. and use their method right. two days a week I'm gonna hire this tutor well and if and if you have someone who's working full-time in an office you're talking hundred and twenty five dollars a week hundred twenty five bucks a week let's talk a little bit about um, some of the other aspects of the traditional academic environment yes. whether it's the athletics or the social component yes. how, how are you and this is the that? beauty of this <laughs> this has already been solved for mm -hmm. years you have intramural leagues mm -hmm. obviously under uh, under high school mm -hmm. uh, little league yeah. soccer I mean that's already in place right mm -hmm. so you so you have all that when you get into the high school realm the homeschooling world has solved that problem phenomenally mm -hmm. and with all the various sports uh, and so that's that problem's already been solved I am not reinventing the wheel I'm taking the best practices yeah. and I'm introducing them yeah. uh, into these parents and so with all the intramural sports right. um, that already exists see urgency is my currency mm -hmm. I'm not in a battle mm -hmm. to to uh, choose which is the best curriculum. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna take the curriculum that is the most successful. Right. And basically, I'm curating it. Mm -hmm. I'm not in the battle to uh, compete with mm -hmm. anything else going on. All of it is, all of it is in place. Mm -hmm. If you're using classical conversations in, let's say, Salinas, California, mm -hmm. and that's the largest homeschooling network, mm -hmm. that's the one we're going to introduce you to, because all those moms go to the same Ralphs and Vons. Right. Right. If you're using my father's world, and Bakersfield and mm -hmm. a small subset of Bakersfield. Yeah. That's the network. Why? Because that's the moms that are sure. using it. If you're using yeah. some other curriculum, God bless you. Well, you know, I, th I love what you just said too, because it's a uh, it's it's reinstilling um, this idea of community, which is right. which is broader than just you know education. Yeah. And and I've shared this statistic too with um, in, in other podcasts, but. Um, I, I read a statistic, and again, don't quote me because I don't have it in front of me, but it's it, it's something to the effect of, you know, going into the pandemic. So this is pre-pandemic. Right. That um, people were reporting, like 60% of people reported lo extreme loneliness and loss of community. Right. And so it, that is a mechanism and a tool that's being used yeah. to erode at community. You erode at community, right. you start eroding at families. Right. right? You, can, you can see the, the over overarching effect that yeah. this has. You, you, you do. And by the way, um, this is the beauty of it because they're in community. Mm -hmm. And this is already being done. Moms and dads that work full time that have figured this out, figured out a way to hire all these tutors. And mm -hmm. that's what they do. This, yeah. this is not a new idea. All I'm doing is bringing it, packaging it, mm -hmm. using the power of technology right. to bring all these pieces together. And every community has community underneath it, has moms and, uh, that are already homeschooling. And if let's and people ask me, so what if you have a Muslim math teacher that has a passion for calculus? Mm -hmm. Will you allow them in your platform? Of course I would, mm -hmm. as long as they get vetted mm -hmm. and uh, they're not introducing toxic content right. in their math class. Right. I will allow them to become a tutor and let the moms decide. Right. Let the moms decide on the platform. My right. my you know my Johnny my Susie is a math expert he's just you know mm -hmm. and my general tutor is the teacher mm -hmm. for my high school kid right. but I want to give I want to give them some right. specialty so I'm sure. gonna go on the platform and say oh right. this tutor specializes in math this tutor specializes in advanced mm -hmm. writing skills right. in music right. I'll hire them right. and I'll let the parents decide so, that sure so what you're saying is that 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 the quality of education is the number one component. number one component and then of course we start adding in the, these other factors these other factors which right. you know um the judeo-christian values right. and, the, and the actual not revisionist history but the actual, actual history, history of our united states that's right that'll be a foundational piece mm -hmm. the fundamental principle for us is the classical learning yeah. approach we really believe in that because it teaches kids to be critical thinkers right, right now in our education system they're taught how to think and they're, they're taught how to think that is radically opposed to how their parents think yep. or their values. Here's the thing. 
parents' values matter. It's one of our slogans. Parents' values matter. And, uh, and we're going to empower them to be fully, fully uh, responsible. Mm-hmm. Back to the, the mm-hmm. and this is the thing, they already have these, these rights. We're, gonna, we're going to show them how to execute those rights right. powerfully. Yeah. And I believe we rescue the kids, mm-hmm. we save the families. We yeah. save the families, we save our country. Right. Well, and I couldn't agree more. And, you know, it's interesting, too, where we are pumping out generations of children yes. that are just incapable human beings. I mean, I right. think about when I was growing up, I wasn't allowed to get my driver's license. Um, and I was the kid that, like, on my birthday, I was staring in, like through the window at the right. DMV going, open up, I'm ready. I Me wasn't, too. I, I was not Right. I, well, now we have kids who, do, who don't even care about getting their driver's license. Right. But I was the kid that, that my, my parents said, you're not getting your license unless you know how to change the tire. And, ch- and change the oil. I was underneath my Come car. On. Well, see, changing. that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I, we, we have kids now that that they cannot function. They don't know how to balance a check a right. checkbook. They don't right. know how to do basic tasks that that mainstream capable society should be able to do. And these are so you have all these traditional values mm-hmm. and traditional methods yeah. that every family has. Yeah. You also have religious holidays. Mm-hmm. And all of that has been stripped out of That's public right. school. We no longer call it. We no longer Christmas. call it Christmas. We, you know, uh, the Ju- our our dear Jewish brothers, our dear Muslim mm-hmm. brothers, the Catholic community, right. the, the Christian community, right. all of this has been stripped, right? That's right. And uh, and what we have in common mm-hmm. is uh, is parents' values matter. And here's the other thing that needs to come back. We've been duped by our public school system to think raising the kids and educating them are two mm-hmm. separate things. Yeah. And nothing could be further from the truth. We need yeah. to bring them back together. That's right. And so the best way today, bar none, to rescue mm-hmm. our children is to exit the public school. Yeah. you got to get them out. Yeah. You defund the public school system. Yeah. You bring it to its knees. Yeah. And it's something we can do. No one can stop you from taking your kids out of public school. Right. That's that's the law today. That's right. I'm going to make it, I'm going to remove the barriers mm-hmm. so that you don't have to wait another semester mm-hmm. for another right. slot in some private school where you're going to double your work or take a second job because it's that important. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make it, a, you, I'm going to empower you that you can leave right now and still work mm-hmm. and your kids can flourish and all those traditions uh, oil changes, you know, all those traditions, right? Whatever they were. I don't think anyone can do that nowadays. Yeah, right? yeah. With, all, with it, all these cars. My family, my family was building things. Right. So we're gonna right. we're gonna build a bench. We're gonna right. woodworking, right? Sure. But well, we the, the cars are, the, the cars are too complex nowadays. Too. Yeah, so I know. It was right. funny. My I, my my child um, uh, for her car. I told her we're gonna teach you how to to change the oil, and uh, we opened up the hood and went. We're going to take it to the dealership. We're going to take it to the dealership. But that being said, it was was the concept. (laughs) It was right. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It has been so fun talking to you today. I am so inspired. Uh, We are going to link about your event. I highly encourage people to attend the event. Thank Uh, you. and, And if you can't attend the event, go on the website. Find out more about this. This, Yes. These are critical, life saving, generation changing. Uh, country yes. saving country saving strategies it really yes. is December 9th yep. we are premiering Revive Academies we're having mm-hmm. a black tie event Sam Sorbel is going to be there okay. she, she is partnering with us we're going to uh, premiere Revive Academies right. on the 9th we're, we're looking forward to Uni Project being a great sponsor then what, on December 10th where is 10th, it located it's in Oxnard California okay. then on December 10th an all day conference we're mm-hmm. flying in revivalists and education that share these principles from all over the country. It, it, I believe that this movement uh, of parents right. in our state, we want to turn it into a revival of our education yeah, itself right. in the true sense of what revival means, right. taking back our rights, mm-hmm. our, our God-given rights, and, re- and, and, and rescuing our children. Right. So please register right. and join us you will not want to miss this, and I and I and I really firmly believe that if we come together and take this next step, we'll be unstoppable. I, I you and I are so aligned on this, and you know the, I would encourage any any parent, any grandparent, yes, any prospective parent, yes, in the state of California, to 
and beyond really you, yes. you can be out of the state of california this is not just a california oh absolutely uh, right. i i encourage you to seek out this information and it really doesn't matter where you stand on the spectrum of do i keep my kid in school do i not here's what i think is probably the most vital that's right piece of information that i'm taking away from this conversation we have to as a country acknowledge that there is a serious dire problem in our academic system that is going to lead to the destruction of the country. 100%. It has already led to 100%. severe damage in the nuclear family. That's right. And 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 if you feel overwhelmed, like, gosh, you know, right. this is fascinating. I'd love to do something, but I just don't know what to do. At the very least, come and listen. Come and listen. I think that people will learn. Yes. And if you can't physically be at the event, there's a tremendous amount. I know you. I know yes. your background. There's going to be a tremendous amount of, of information accessible Correct. online. Reviveconvention.com. That's where the, it all starts. Reviveconvention.com. Go to that website. You'll get everything you need. Great. Thank you so much for being Thank with us you. today. Thank you. Really, it's been fun. really Pastor Sam Gallucci, keep doing what you're doing. Thank you. Uh, don't ever stop. And I know you're doing more than just education. You're doing a lot of work on the border. You're yes. doing uh, work with homelessness. You're yes. doing work to, to rescue uh, children out of the foster care system. I mean... The, the, the work that you're doing is uh, certainly God's work and vitally necessary for this country. So thank you so much for being with us today. It's been a joy. Thank you. All right. From all of us at The Unity Project, thank you for listening to today's podcast. We hope to continue producing content that amplifies voices, strategies, and resources. Please keep in mind that The Unity Project is a 501c3 nonprofit organization that relies on the contributions of our generous supporters to fuel the work we do in this movement. If you value our efforts, please consider making a tax-deductible contribution today by visiting our website at www.unityproject.com and clicking the Donate button. We very much appreciate your continued support and confidence, without which our work wouldn't be possible.